Let us pray. Gracious God, meet us here this morning. Meet us in your message. Open our ears that we may hear your voice. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Liz, if you don't know me. I'm a deacon here in the Anglican Church. Hi, Elsie. Um, But I'm also, above all of that, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, and he is my risen Lord today. So I'm bringing you this message. We've gathered here to mark a space and time to reflect, to celebrate and to ask God to take us deeper into the understanding of this mysterious miracle, the resurrection of Jesus, which not only changed history, but it's also a new declaration of a new covenant between God and his people. Through the death and resurrection of Jesus, we have a new way of doing things between God and ourselves. And this will change the world. This is not just a remembrance day either. Not of what a remembrance of what happened 2,000 odd years ago, but instead it's a beginning of new life for us today. The people of 2022, if we so choose. It's a day of wrestling with what it means to truly live a resurrection life. The beginning of eternity starts now. It's a day to take stock of the things in our lives that need to die, that need to stay in the grave. The things that hold us back from resurrection living, we need to identify and put aside. The things that perplex us out of our lack of understanding. The things that we hide behind from the overwhelm of our own fear. All of which, to a point, halt us in the grave. As our service began this morning, you heard little snippets of phrases that came out of the first four books of the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, that told the original story of Jesus' resurrection. And with each of this, there was differences. But there was significant details in each account. There were many characters mentioned, many emotions felt, all of which give us a broader picture, yet it grounds us in the core message that Jesus, the Son of God, rose from the dead in order that we may have life. So let's unpack this a little more. I'm going to begin at the end of the story, so to speak, from the Luke's Gospel. So we heard that Peter, the disciple, had had heard the news that the tomb was empty, but he didn't believe it. He needed to go and see for himself. And what did he find in the tomb? He found the linen that had been wrapped around Jesus' body was now rolled up and in its place where Jesus lay. Now, some translations of the Bible says that it was rolled up. Some say that it was wrapped up neatly. Some say that there's a significant Hebrew understanding in regards to this. And some say there's no significance whatsoever. But for the purpose of this morning's message, I'm going to ask you this. Who made their bed this morning? Half and half. Gold stars. 
Now, when I was reflecting on this, I remembered there's a, a good mental health start to the days to, to enter into the practice, the participation of making your bed at the beginning of the day. Because making your bed is about setting an intention to do something to start your day that brings about order, thoughtfulness and focused living. When I was thinking about Jesus removing himself from the tomb, from the grave and from the linen, that's exactly what he did. He intentionally rolled it up and placed the linen at the end where he lay. He was orderly, he was thoughtful, but most of all, he was intentional to get out of that grave. And the first place that he stepped foot into was the garden, the living garden. He stepped into life. Now let's just park that there for a minute because I want us to look at some of the other characteristics in the other characters and what else was going on while Jesus was intentionally coming back to life. We had Mary and the other women and they were bringing their spices of oil to the tomb. Now this is an ancient Jewish This was in the ancient Jewish world and it was appropriate practice to anoint the body, which had already been washed, it had been cleaned, it had been wrapped in clean linen and placed in the grave. But these women were now to come and anoint the body with oils, aromatic herbs, such as olive, laurel, palm, cypress. And this was to help fight the effects of the rapid decomposing body that occurred in the Mediterranean heat. The preservation of a person's honour through an appropriate burial was a central feature of the Jewish practice. And ensuring a proper burial was seen as one of the greatest acts of kindness that that could be. So honour and preservation. Therefore, Mary and the other women were carrying on this tradition They wanted to preserve what they knew of their Lord, their friend, their Messiah. Yet on arrival at the tomb, something had taken place that they were not expecting. And they were met by an angel who said, Why are you looking for the dead? Sorry, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Remember what Jesus had told you. The women left perplexed, confused and their minds scrambling to try and remember what Jesus had actually said to them. How often do we find ourselves living out of these earthly traditions, desperately trying to preserve Jesus in what we know of him? But forget that God always has more for us. Resurrection life. Life is not and should not remain in the grave. How often do our practices hold us back from living fully in the risen Jesus? Out of our kindness and our love for him, there's no doubt about that, we have our love for him. We bring our honour to Jesus, but are we truly living out of what Jesus called us to, a resurrection life? bringing new things about in all his ways. Mary didn't find Jesus in the grave, yet Jesus met Mary in the garden, the living garden. 
The second lot of characters that we want to look at is the disciples and others who were gathered in a house sitting in their fear. After the women had remembered what Jesus had said to them before his death, that he would die and that after three days he would rise again, defeating death, they rushed to tell the disciples who we find in a house, the doors locked and sitting in their own fear. Even after being told by Mary and the others that the the resurrection had taken place, they put it down to an idle tale and they did not believe it. What fears are holding you back behind locked doors and keeping you in unbelief of resurrection life? So often we find ourselves hiding behind our own fears, our anxieties, our circumstances, all of which keep us stuck and to a point stuck in the grave. Fears of failing. What if I get it wrong? Fears of what others are going to say about me. Fears of the unknown. Fears that come about from our hurt, our pain, our loss, our circumstances. Life hasn't gone the way we expected. Our fears consume us. And it's like we keep ourselves protected. Yet in doing so, we cease to live to the fullness of what God has for us. The disciples didn't find Jesus in the grave. Yet Jesus met them in their fear. Jesus doesn't worry about locked doors. He walks through them. The third characters, and you wouldn't have heard these this morning, but if you went to uh, verses 13 and 35, continued this story on, you would hear of two characters that were actually in that room with the disciples who heard the women say, Jesus has risen. Yet after they'd heard the women's account of the empty tomb, they knew the promises that they'd been told by the prophets old. They knew what had been revealed through the scriptures that they read, yet they chose to walk away in their unbelief. How many of us choose to walk away? We've heard it. We may have read it. We may have attended church when we were young kids. Or maybe we attend church on those special Christian calendar events like Christmas and Easter. Yet our expectations are not met and we continue to walk away and not recognise the resurrected Jesus walking beside us. These men walked away in their unbelief. They didn't find Jesus in the grave. Yet Jesus met them as they walked away on a road heading to a life without Jesus. So which characters do you identify with? Or maybe you identify with all of them at different times. I know I do. Mary and the women who, out of their love for Jesus, do all that they can through their traditional practices to preserve the memory of Jesus. Or maybe the disciples who lock themselves away out of fear keeping themselves protected. Or perhaps you've heard it all, yet your expectations are not met, so you walk away, living life in your own strength without recognition 
that Jesus is walking with you. Just as Jesus met those characters in the garden, behind locked doors and wandering the roads to nowhere, Jesus wants to meet you today. Jesus desires that each of us step out of the grave and into the garden of resurrection life. Just as Jesus did that morning, he's calling each and every one of us each and every day to wake up, get up, make your bed, so to speak, with the intention of stepping out of the grave, stepping beyond the control of our circumstances and stepping away from all that holds us back from living in the full life and potential that God has for us. For resurrection living is anchoring ourselves in God, being bold, fellowshipping with other Christians in order that we can encourage and be encouraged, to learn and to live in unity, whether we agree with everything of each other or not. Resurrection life is living within the weeds, within the thorns of life, the challenges, the loss and hurt, but being strengthened by Jesus and being led by the Holy Spirit. May our first intention each day to, to be aligned with God's will. And may we walk in confidence, knowing that our risen Lord is with us. Death has been defeated. Fears can be defeated. The unknowing can be defeated as we trust in God's faithfulness. Our aimless wandering can be defeated as we choose to believe that Jesus is risen today, stepping into relationship with him and seeking the more that God has for us. You see, this story is not the end. It's just the beginning. For when Jesus met each of those whom he loved, and as he meets each of us whom he loves, he says, go and live. Go and live. Go and share this good news, making disciples of all nations, baptising them, teaching them, and remembering that Jesus is with us always to the end of time. In other words, this resurrection life is not just for the few that we heard in the story. It's not just for you and me. This is a message of hope for our world and doesn't our world need that right now? This is a a message for our community that they may know that Jesus, the Son of God, died and rose again, that they may live to the full, stepping out of the grave, stepping out of the preservation stepping out from behind locked doors, protecting ourselves, stepping off the road, leading us to nowhere, but stepping into the garden of life, reconciling ourselves to God through Jesus, for this is true resurrection living. The Lord be with you.